Hello and welcome back to the Audio DT with Reb T, the Audio Devar Toro with Reb T, the show where we talk about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. This is the new round, the new series, the new year of the Audio DT, Blineder. Starting with Barashas this week, we finished off the cycle with Vizos with over Sukkot, and now we start up with Barashas, thinking about the beginning, thinking about the, the initiation, thinking about how things start, how Hashem started everything. It's fascinating to think, mind-blowing to think that there was once nothingness, there was once emptiness, a vast void of, of literally emptiness, except for Hashem, of course, and there was nothing but Hashem. Hashem decided in His infinite glory, in His infinite wisdom, and in His infinite ideas to bring man to life, to bring vegetation to life, to bring the earth to life. And of course, there's vast multitudes of things out there. We know there are many other planets. There's probably many other galaxies and the like. And the one inhabitation in all of creation and all of the galaxies and all of the universe is what Hashem deemed viable for actual living, for actual life, that of course of earth. Fascinating to think that the world is is like mostly water and then there's some parts that have the seven continents, there's some land, but most of the, most of the earth, most of the world is water and we can't live in the water, we can't live on the water, we live on the land, we live on dry land. And Hashem also decided to do so over the six days of creation, the seventh day of rest, Hashem decided to break things up with the sun and the moon, with the vegetation, with the heavens and the earth, and with the plant life and the sea life and with animal life, and then of course finally human life. But Hashem, in His generosity, in His kindness, Hashem decided to bring about the world and to bring about life. Hashem could have lived just by himself. He didn't have to create anything. He didn't have to make anything. He didn't have to bring anything. But Hashem wanted to to bestow kindness to creations. He wanted to bring the Torah down to the world. You know, the Malachim have a whole argument with Moshe. Who, who's more deservant of the Torah? Who is more deserving to learn the Torah and, and have the Torah and and keep the Torah, and Moshe argues against them successfully that the Torah really belongs with the Jewish people, with the living human Jewish people. Why? Because in the Torah it says, Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not kidnap. Do any of those things apply to celestial beings? Do any of those things apply to the angels? It says, Honor thy father and mother. Do the celestial beings have fathers and mothers? Obviously Hashem is the father of everything. But do they have physical fathers and mothers? No. It says that you should help your friend and you should do this and that. I think the Talmud and the commentaries explain the, the interaction that Moshe has with the Malachim, but Malachim don't have any of those things. So Moshe successfully argues that Torah, of course, does belong with us, but it was still a gift, a kindness of Hashem to give us a guidebook, to give us personalities in the past, in our history, starting with our ancestors all the way back to Adam and Chava, who we meet in this parsha, leading down to Avram, who we'll meet soon in the few parshiot, and then to Yitzhak and Yaakov and, the Shva, and Yosef and the Shvatim and Moshe and everybody, all these wonderful, great personalities that lead us, that guide us, that are the ones that were able to propel us towards the future and to propel us towards our, our destiny along the history of the path of humankind and how humans go. So it's fascinating to think about the beginning, the initiation. Perkei Elvis explains, and the Talmud explains, Kol Haschalot Kashot, 
everything, all new things are hard. Starting something is hard. Starting up again, going through all the parshot are hard, but I actually happen to think Barashas till the middle of Shemot is actually some of the easiest stuff to read, to, to, to get wrapped into and to get delved into because of the stories, the personalities, the people, the, the figures we meet in the parashiot are fascinating and it's easy to relate, especially for me, to someone like Avraham because I find the, the chesed, the doing, we'll talk about that, God willing, in the future, but those different personalities, it's, it's easy to read the stories, it's stories, 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 and stories are so good to relate to and so easy to relate to and can teach us so much. So we think about the beginning, we think about how starting out might be hard, but with the, the ability to look into the Torah, to look into the stories, to look into the lessons that the those who came way before us can teach us, that's how we could go into it. So Hashem decided to give us the world decided to give us a way to live and and he originally gave us a very fertile part a very fertile area in the in the mesopotamia the crescent the cradle of civilization the crescent of civilization by the some say it's by the tigris and the euphrates there are the names of the rivers in the in the embracious it says it but most people agree most people think i believe that it was over there in the middle east area somewhere around there the most fertile area the most agriculturally desirable area by the rivers and whatnot, and that's where Gan Eden could be. And we don't know where it obviously is, but maybe on some level it could have been there because Hashem made it a beautiful, beautiful area, beautiful surroundings with lush trees and, and fruits and the like, and Adam Machava were there. And of course, we know the story, how it goes into Kain and Hevel and throughout history. But when we look at the Parsha, and Chabad.org brings us the sources, when we look at Perik Gimel, Pasuk Chafbet. It says in the Pasuk, Vayomer Hashem Elokim. Hashem said, Hain ha'adam ha'yakachad mimenu. Behold, the man is become like one of us. Ladas tovarah, to know good and evil. Of course, this is when Adam and Chava ate from the tree of knowledge, which is the only tree Adam and Chava were told they're not allowed to. We know also the story how the serpent tricked Chava and the Adam blamed Chava, but I heard a wonderful exposition, a wonderful explanation by Rabbi Rosner that that there's a commentary that says he wasn't explaining, he wasn't he wasn't actually blaming Chava, because that would seem the ultimate in the lack of Akar Satov, that would seem the ultimate in, in Kafoy Tov, in the lack of Akar Satov, which would be Kafoy Tov, which is totally throwing it back. You gave me her, this is what you did to me. No, the explanation is that because you gave me her, because you gave me your helmet, I listened to what she said, I did whatever she said, I'm so happy you gave her to me. And then I follow her advice, I follow what she said, but obviously it was mistaken. But I was listening to what she said. Really, she is my helper, she is my helpmate. And that's a lesson for all of us, to listen to our spouses. Usually they are right, and usually it's good to listen to the advice they say. But anyway, so Adam and Chava eat from the tree. The serpent tricks Chava, he pushes her into the tree, and he said, See, you didn't get hurt? She said, she added on to what the prohibition was. That was maybe one of the big problems. She said, we're not allowed to eat from the tree, which is really what Hashem said, and we can't even touch it. So we know the idea of the safeguards. We know the idea of the fences of the Torah. Different things. Perkavos explains to us, you want to have wealth, so give a lot of charity. Different things, different fences the Rabbanim enact. But this one is something that she enacted herself. Something that she figured out to add on. And, and adding that on was dangerous because the serpent picked up on that. The Yitzhahara, the snake, the external Yitzhahara, which we're going to look at, is going to become the internal Yitzhahara. He figured out, 
Ah, she added onto the prohibition. So if I push her into the tree, she'll see that she she won't die from that. So it'll just be a very small leap to go and actually eat from the tree. If she's not going to die and get hurt, be punished for touching it. So then it'll be a small leap for her to eat it. And of course, you have to be careful with fences. Be careful to what you say. Fences are very good, especially in Torah, especially in, in avoiding sin. But it has to be appropriate fence. It has to be the right type of fences that are, that apply to what you need it to apply, that work for what you need it to work as. So that's what it's saying. That when he ate the tree of knowledge, when when they when Chava ate from the tree of knowledge, some say it was an apple, some say it was a fig, some say it was a different type of fruit, some say it was something else. But somehow something they ate, Hashem allowed their eyes to be quote unquote opened, and they saw. Around them, they saw what was going on, and they had this knowledge. So Rashi picks up on this pasuk, and Rashi says, "What does it mean has become like one of us, having the ability to know good and evil? What does that mean, good and evil?" So Rashi points out, it means he is unique among the earthly beings, just as I am unique among the heavenly beings. And what is his uniqueness? To know good and evil, unlike the cattle and the beasts. That comes from Targum Yonasan in Bereshit Rabbah. And before we pick up on the next commentary from the Rambam from uh, Chabad.org also, think about the idea that we know what good and evil is. We have the Seichel, we have the Das, we have the capability, and we have the ability to know what's right and what's wrong. We have a guidebook to lead us to understand, to show us what's good and to show us what's not. All we have to do is look into the guidebook. All we have to do is think about what could be considered good? What could be considered bad? And Hashem gives us that knowledge. We're not like beasts. We're not like animals that just have to run after our animal selves, our beast selves, and not figure out the other ones. We talked in the past on the DT about the Nefesh Bahami and the Nefesh HaSichli. We have the intellect, we have the soul that pulls us towards the spiritual, that tries to pull us towards the elevated, to the to the raised up, to the intellectual, and to the lofty things, and our base soul, the anim- the nefesh bahami, the animalistic instinct inside of us, wants us to do base things, wants us to just follow our drives, follow our temptations and our needs fully to the extent it wants us to eat a hundred burgers, but the other one says, no, let's eat a little bit, and then we'll do the bracha before and after, and we'll elevate it. We have to make sure to understand what's good and evil, and if you need help with that, the Talmud is replete with a lot of information, a lot of help, especially in Pirkei Elvis. Pirkei Elvis, that's why I love Pirkei Elvis and doing the P.A.L., that show because there's so much knowledge, there's so much wisdom, there's so much ethics and moralities and morality just looking into the texts of what the sages teach us, the different teachers. So that is what is unique about man. He has the ability to know good from evil. He has the ability to choose good from evil. Granted, we know the famous phrase that everything is predestined from Hashem. But the one area that's not predestined that we have the full capability to choose right or wrong. Of course, Hashem knows what we're going to choose, but it doesn't preclude us from choosing. We have the ability, everything is predestined. Hashem is going to give us X amount of money. He gives us X house, X car, and He knows He's going to give us the spouse, the kids, and He decides everything. It's all up to Hashem. But we are the ones that choose good from evil. Make sure to choose good. So that you should live and not die. Choose life, choose mitzvahs, choose good. There's a famous pasuk. There's a famous phrase that if you choose good, you're choosing life. And if you choose mitzvahs, you're choosing life. 
And that's what it is, because every mitzvah earned, every everything good we do is, is enhancing the world and enhancing our reason for existence, our reason to etter, to whatever the word is, to be around. And hopefully it'll give us more time and more time. We When we come before Hashem and Rosh Hashem Yom Kippur, we hope that we did a good year, that we had a good year, and that we're not a bane on it, and that we're not a Rosh at least the bane on this, where it's equal evil and equal good, but hopefully that we're better than that, and we have more good than evil. We want to have more defenders. The mitzvahs are like the Kategor versus the Sanegor. You know, you want more defenders, the mitzvahs, than you have accusers, the sins. When you come up to Shemaim, after 120 years, they say you have all these accusers, the the, the sins that you did that are that are saying, look, look how bad he did, look how bad he did, look how bad he did. And then you have all the mitzvahs that you did that are defenders. No, but he did this good thing, he did this good thing, he did that good thing. We hope to have many, many more defenders, many, many more mitzvahs in our arsenal than we have a virus. Because we want to think after 120 years, what's the Kesar Shem Tov we left? That's what's better than everything else, better than Malchus, better than priesthood, priesthood and better than kingship. And better than 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 all those things is Kesser Shemtov, the good name you make for yourself. We want to make sure that we chose good, we did good, and we have much more good in our arsenal, much many more diamonds, many more mitzvahs in our basket that we take with us after 120 years. So we have to remember that we're unique, and that we have the capability to look at good and evil and to choose good versus the evil and every day every day the Yetzirah tries to get us every day the Yetzirah tries to destroy us and every day we have to stand up gird ourselves get our shields and shield ourselves against the Yetzirah and every day you have a good day just take it day by day a lot of times I say we just got to take it day by day can't think a hundred years in the future can't even think a few months in the future can try to plan a little bit for the future that's good to have foresight who's smart the Talmud explains he who foresees the future foresees that consequences of his actions but we can't be too much we have to still live in the present take it day by day understand to go day by day and the rambam as chabad.org points out explains freedom of choice has been granted to every man every man has that freedom of choice if he desires to turn to the way of good and be righteous he has that ability and if he desires to turn to the way of evil and be wicked he has that ability you should always turn to the good choose the good and be involved in the good because you have the ability to choose good you have the ability to choose evil god forbid you should always choose good this is what it says in the torah behold the man has become unique of himself knowing good and evil meaning this species man has become unique in the world there is no other species similar to him in this matter that he on his own from his own mind his own thought knows good and evil and does whichever he desires there is none that prevents him from doing either good or evil the rambam follows Unclus's rendition of the Hebrew words ke'achad mimenu, commonly translated like one of us, to mean unique of himself. It's fascinating. Man has the intellectual capability, has the capacity to think, to ponder, to to calculate, to compute. No other creation has that. You know, you look at a pig, you look at a horse, they, they there's nothing going on in there. The lights are not home, they say. The lights are not on. They're They're not thinking... We don't know what's going on in their minds, but it's definitely nowhere near any aspect of what the human mind has. And the human is the only creation that has such a thing. We don't even know about nefashot or not in the in the behema, in the chaya, in the animals or whatnot. I mean, there might be something, I don't know, but 
definitely nothing to the extent of the human. He has thoughts, he has mind, he has the capability to, to, to judge and to create so much. He could create so much good and he could also create so much destruction, God forbid. Understand that we're unique. Understand we have capabilities and and many abilities that hopefully is used for good, that's hopefully used to, to help out. That's what it means, unique, like one of us, unique of himself. This concept is a fundamental principle, the Rambam explains, and a pillar of the Torah and its commandments. As it is written in Devarim, like we said before, See, I have set before you life and good, and death and evil. Hine lefanecha, Tov, Chaim, Vetov, Vemavis, Vereshot. I don't know the exact words in Hebrew, but it's something like that. It's life, Chaim, and Tov, because good is life. Life equals good, and good equals mitzvahs, doing good things. And death is, is, is synonymous with evil, synonymous with sinning, because that only leads to destruction, only leads to very bad things. Mavis equals Rishus or Rasham, which equals Averus. All three are, are intertwined, and the Yetzirah is also intertwined with that. For were God to decree that a person be righteous or wicked, or if there were to exist something in the essence of a person's nature, which would compel him toward a specific path, a specific conviction, a specific character trait, or a specific deed, how could Hashem command us through the prophets, do this and do not do this? Improve your ways and do not follow your wickedness. What place would the entire Torah have? And by what measure of justice would God punish the wicked and the reward going to the righteous? Remember, Perkelis teaches to us, this world is the corridor to the next world. This world, today, our life for God willing, 120 years, was supposed to obtain the reward in the next world by doing all the actions, all the deeds in this world. This world is like a prosdo b'fneha alam haba. It's like a corridor before the next world. Prepare yourself in this world, Pergovus explains, so that you can enter the next world properly. The, the Talmud also explains, Make sure you take care of yourself. Make sure you take care of the deeds and prepare your existence in this world, choosing good in this world. What better way to start off the series, to look at Beratius, to start off this year series, I mean, of the Audio DT. What better way to think about it than, than realizing we have to choose good. We have to choose Chaim. We have to choose Tov. We have to choose mitzvos to do in our lives. We have to prepare ourselves in the banquet hall. Don't fill up too much on the smorgasbord because there's a whole meal coming afterwards. Can you imagine if someone came to a Jewish wedding for the first time and he stuffs himself so much that when that, that, that he's fully full, doesn't even realize that there's a whole other part of the wedding. That's only like one third of the wedding is done at that point. Then he comes to the meal and they have such amazing, delicious delicacies at the table, but he has no room left in his stomach. He has no craving, no appetite. The mere sight of the food revulses, revolts him and revolts, he feels revulsion from it and he feels sick from looking at it. If he only realized to temper himself a little bit, to, to pace himself a little bit, trying a little bit of the stuff in the antechamber in order to be able to eat in the full in the full banquet hall, then it would have been much better. You're supposed to load up on the right things. Don't overstuff yourself on everything in this world. Don't overstuff yourself on the things that, that are hevel and ridiculousness. 
wasting your time, wasting your appetite on foolishness, then you're going to have no appetite left. You're going to have no ability left to fully ingest, to fully receive the world in the next world. Prepare yourself properly in the banquet hall. Take a little bit of this, a little bit of that throughout your whole life. Acquire mitzvahs a little bit, a little bit more, a little more mitzvah, 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 mitzvah. In the right way, so you have the right appetite, you have the right ability to eat in the next world. To be able to benefit in the next world. Because this world is about action and the next world is about reaction. This world we do and we do and we do and the next world we benefit. We get the reaction, we get the response, we get the ability to have... Menucha, to have Nachat Ruach next to Hashem, under Hashem's kisei. This world is about motion, and the next world is about stagnation. This world we're moving, we're doing, we're trying to accept, and we're trying to receive, and we're in mitzvahs and whatnot. In the next world, we're, we're, we're hopefully resting and benefiting from all that we did, because again, in this world, it's about the stimulus, about the movement, and the next world is a response. How are we going to benefit how we're going to have their spiritual bliss and the spiritual reward of the next world we only are on the level that we attained you could only reach a certain level and then you're stuck at that level forever granted people could learn in your honor they could dominate in your honor and you could go up levels but you yourself cannot make yourself go up any level more than what you have here that's why Pirkei also says it's better one hour in this world to do actions to do Mitzvah, to do chesed, than anything in the next world, because this world, excuse me, is all about action, is all about stimulus, is all about moving forward and grabbing those mitzvahs, grabbing what you can. In the next world, you can't do anything. You can only benefit from what you did in this world. But Pirkei also says, Yafa, sha'achat benachat ruach be'olam haba mikol chaye ha'olam hazeh, mikol... Um, I forget the wordage again, but the, the idea is that the spiritual bliss, one hour of the spiritual bliss in the next world is better than all the spiritual bliss of this entire world. Because each world, we believe fully in Olam Haba, in the next world, that this is only a temporary existence. This is not our main existence. We go on, and all the loved one and lost ones are there in Olam Haba. God willing, we'll see them hopefully soon with Mashiach and Tchiat Mason. But even after 120, God willing, we'll see them there. They're not lost to us forever, God forbid. But we realize that this is not the only world. This world is for doing. The next world is for the reacting, for getting what you can. So in this world, the best is an hour, even if you get an hour. That's why the, there were some sages who would cry at the end of their life. They would look at their fingers and they said, look how much I did in this world and now I can't do anything else. Even people, really sickly sages in the Talmud, they were crying because they were looking at their tits as I cannot acquire any more mitzvahs. I cannot acquire any more reward. What a simple garment. It, called me, it cost me a few poteks. cost me a few pennies, a few dollars to do such a beautiful mitzvah. I can't do this mitzvah anymore. Just give me a few more minutes Hashem give me a few more hours to acquire more and more and more mitzvahs to acquire more and more good deeds for myself to take with me to the next world this world it's better this world to have one hour to do good things to do deeds what are you going to do with your hour what are you going to do with your hour of life hopefully that means your 120 years of life what are you going to do with your mark in history with your mark in this existence that's why one hour here is better in tshuva and repentance and good deeds than all the hours of bliss in the next world but again Again, the bliss of the next world cannot compare to anything here. Take all the blisses of all the world, all the history doesn't compare to one hour of spiritual bliss in Hashem's presence in the next world.
because we have to realize to take good and to to find the good to re to reach for the good to have as many mitzvahs as we can choose good and that comes from Barashas, from adam and chava understanding choosing right from wrong the ability to choose right from wrong the ability to choose good to choose mitzvahs to do helpful things in the world all emanates from the epitome of our existence that happened way back in Barashas. you have to choose the good choose the mitzvahs choose Choose what to do, choose how to do it. And those were the words of, of the Rambam that we, put, that we picked up on from before. Rav Shneer Zaman of Liyani points out on Chabad.org that evil and freedom of choice existed before Adam even ate from the tree of knowledge. But then evil was something external from the person, and the two domains were completely separate. Man's mission in life was to work and to keep the garden, to cultivate the good and keep out the bad. By eating from the tree, man gained intimate knowledge, da'at, of evil, ingesting it into himself, and man being a microcosm of creation into his world. From that point on, the two realms were confused, there being no evil without good, and no good without evil. The task of man became the work of refinement, avodat habirurim, to distinguish and separate good from evil, and evil from good. That comes from Rav Shneer Zalman of Liadi, pointed out by Chabad.org. So originally, evil was the serpent, it was the external, but then, after the sin, after eating from the tree of knowledge, it became incorporated within himself and within all humans of all times. You have, you know, all those cartoons and the Havdal, all those things, the drawings and the, the movies and the like where you see the, the bad angel and the good angel. You see the red for the devil, for the the, the evil inclination, for the Yitzhar, and you see the white for the angel, for the good inclination, the Yitzhar and And you see a person that's being pulled in each direction. Even the seculars understood this. Even the even the non-Jews and even the non, non-religious people understand that you have these two forces. You have the force of good, the force of the nefesh asichli, of the force that we talked about before. You have the force of the Yitzhar that always wants you to do good. But think about it this way. And of course you have the force of the Yitzhar who wants you to, to basically always fall and always stumble. A lot of times they say... Um, it's interesting, I, I believe Rabbi Rosner also pointed out, sometimes the Yitzhar will let you stay up late and learn late, and you, and you might think to yourself, why does the Yitzhar let me do this? Because it says, okay, get all the Torah you want, and lay, learn, learn late in the night, and, and do whatever around the house late at night, but let's see how good your Shacharis is in the morning. Let's see when you get up. Let's see how good your temperament is. Let's see if you're happy or angry. Let's see how your day is, if your day will be shot to to the dirt because of it. So the Yitzhar is always looking to trip us up. Even if you think it's letting you get away with stuff, it's not. It's secretly planning to try to overtake you and kill you. The Gemara says the Yitzhar wants to rise up against us and kill us every day. If not for the help of Hashem with the Torah, we would be destroyed every single day. So the idea is to understand that we have these two opposing forces and everybody understands it, everybody recognizes that you have these forces. You have the conscience, the good. You have, have the evil inclination, the bad. You have to choose the good. Choose life. Choose mitzvahs. Doing what you can to try to bring betterness to the world. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to get rid of the Yitzhar for a long time. We, we hope and we pray that with the time coming of Mashiach, that we're able to, to do so. And hopefully that will happen. 
but it's not going to be good for men. And also the, the, the commentators, I believe, the Gemara explains that without evil, without a choice, it wouldn't be a big deal to do good. Everyone would be, do good, be doing good all the time, always. And that wouldn't be such a mila, that wouldn't be such a great level, it wouldn't be such a, such a win. If you, if you had only the choice to do good, and there's no bad, then what's the benefit of you doing good? Everyone's doing good. But if, if evil is out there and you have to choose good, then the reward becomes even greater. Then the struggle becomes greater. I guess good has to be with evil on some level because you have to fight the evil to choose the good. If you didn't have a choice, you didn't have a Yetzirah in you, then what would it be? What big deal would it be? What what big win would it be that you chose good? Everyone's doing good. No one's sinning. So you're, you're, you're like everyone else. But if you see society, you see those around you, you see a lot of people doing bad and you stand up and you do good, you stand, and for example, they always say, if everyone jumped off the bridge, would you follow? If everyone in the company is tax evading, but you don't, what does that mean? What does that show? You chose good, but everyone else chose bad. Just because they're all doing doesn't mean you should. If everyone is, if everyone's around and everyone's taking whatever they want and everyone's bashing whatever they want and everyone's lawless, but you're not, then you're choosing the good. Just because everyone's doing bad doesn't mean you should. And because everyone's doing bad shows you that you have the choice to do good or bad. You can't just blame it on everyone around you. You can't blame it on secular. You can't blame it on society. You can't blame it on anyone else. Because the evil was incorporated into each of us. You cannot blame the circumstance. You can't blame another person. You can't blame society. You can't even blame your life for your choices. Really, your choices are your own. You have your own Yetzirah. You have your own Yetzirah. Don't blame it on anyone else. Don't blame it all the way back to Adam. Even though it started in his time, each person has their own inner struggle. Each person has their own inner turmoil. Each person has their own ability to choose good for bad. That's why we say that everyone has to be measured only against themselves. They don't ask you, are you going to be more, why couldn't you be more like Shmeral? They're going to say, if your name is Yankel, why couldn't you be more like Yankel? Why couldn't you do more of Yankel? Because we each have our own struggles. That's why Perkyalos also explains, don't judge your friend until you've reached his place. You have no idea where he's coming from. You have no idea of his addictions, his afflictions, his struggles, what's hard for him. Yeah, for you, it's no big deal to uh, to avoid alcohol, but for him, it's a huge, huge struggle. He grew up in a house, his society, and I'm not blaming his society or growing up in the house, but his exposure lent him to the fact to maybe be drawn to it more, and he has this tremendous struggle. You don't understand it. You never were there. You have to put yourself in in your own shoes and realize that you can't judge anyone around you. The only type of judging we should do, I say all the time, is dan lekavzchus, judging a person favorably. And each person has their own struggle. Each person has their own capability and abilities. And each person has their own needs and being able to fight what they want. The Gemara says that after 120 years, and when Mashiach comes and Hashem finally destroys the Yed Sahara, finally slaughters the Yed Sahara, the Tzadikim will rejoice and the Rasham will cry. Why? I believe a Gemara explains. I'm not explaining it, I'm not explaining it exactly right, but the Tzadikim will see it as a as a huge mountain they had to overcome and they were able to overcome it. The Rosham will, will will be sad because the Yitzhar really in real life looks like a little thin a little thin piece of hair that they could have just plucked out of the milk. And they're sad because they weren't able to do it. But Hashem is going to hopefully destroy the Yitzhar one day. We don't have that capability. We have to be on guard every day until the last day of our life. Don't trust yourself to the last day of your life, Prakavas explains. Because the, the Yitzhar always wants to get you, always wants to take you down. Don't let it take you down. Choose good, choose life. As we learn from Beratius, Fachaibaham, and you will live from them and not die from them, God forbid. Every day you have to stand up and do it. We hope 
that the Yetzirah is taken away from us. We hope Mashiach comes. We hope the base of Megdras is rebuilt. It should be speedily in our days. But realize you can't let up until then. And realize that it's all a matter of perspective. That Sadiqim were able to overcome it and it looked like a mountain. Rasham couldn't overcome it and it was just a small piece of hair that could have been taken out of the milk. It was a small piece of hair that could have been surmounted. We have to use our proper perspective, understanding that each person goes through it differently. Each person accesses it differently. Each person is affected by it differently. Understand that good and evil is within each of us. When Adam ate from the, the tree of knowledge and Chava ate from the tree of knowledge, we became like good and evil within ourselves. We are unique. We have the ability, the capability, the mindset to be able to choose it and to be able to learn from it. Use it wisely. Understand freedom of choice. Understand Hashem gives us the choice to choose Yerushalayim to do good or evil. We should do good and, and follow good. Getting as many mitzvahs as we can. Getting as many precious diamonds as we can. Choosing the good over the over the evil. Choosing good equals choosing life equals choosing the mitzvahs and, and choosing to follow the Yetzirah and to do good. Hashem cannot decree if there wasn't evil, there wouldn't be a choice. Understand that there is evil, but that's not an excuse for any of your own choices. You make your own choices. Granted, circumstances may, may compel us or may, or may push us, but we ultimately are the ones that make our own decisions, our own deeds. We're ultimately the ones that have to overcome whatever is our struggles or whatever is our afflictions or anything of the like and understand that it's within us. The evil versus the good is within us. We have the capability. We have our ability to cultivate the good, to keep out the bad. That's our mission in life, to work and keep the garden Getting a, a knowledge of good, doing good, that's our purpose in this world, to change our traits for the better, to change the world from the better, to acquire as much in this world as we can, in this world, to do good, to, to do action, and then to to benefit with from the Nachavru in the next world, we should be Zoha, to use our life, to use our world to do only good things, as we learn from this Parsha, many wonderful things, how to choose good, how to incorporate in ourselves, and how to make the world and ourselves better day by day, every day. Join us next time as we talk the audio DT with Reb T, and I'm your host, Reb T.